The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. Sure, this story does not stop with the twists and turns. So, the Tswani multi-party coalition says it is taking necessary steps to verify the documents provided by the now reinstated city mayor, Murunwa Makwarela. Remember, he was the mayor. Then he wasn't the mayor because he didn't have a solvency certificate. There was an insolvency declaration against him. And then... All of a sudden, he presented a solvency certificate. So he was reinstated as the mayor. The IEC accepted the certificate. Now, there are lots of suggestions about the fact that that certificate could be fake. In the last few minutes, a statement has dropped in my colleague Clement Magnatella's inbox from the Office of the Chief Justice of the Republic of South Africa. It is signed by the Chief Registrar in the Gauteng Division, Pretoria. And it says, I, Tumelo Rafilwe Ledwaba, the Chief Registrar of the High Courts of South Africa, Gauteng Division, Pretoria, hereby confirm that the document purporting to be an order issued by this court was never issued in our court. I also confirm that no rehabilitation order has ever been issued regarding the parties named in the said document. I am referring this matter to the Office of the Directorate for Priority Crimes Investigation for their and the Institution of Criminal Proceedings. So that's where we are at the moment. A bit earlier on today, Dr. Murunwa Makwarela was speaking at a council sitting in Tswane. He says the certificate is above board. Have a listen to what he's been saying. And hence you see me here because the city manager rescinded uh, my exclusion as uh, both a councillor and uh, mayor of the city. So I'm here. I know that uh, there's a whole lot of noise uh, as to whether the letter is authentic or not. But be that as it may, the matter is under investigation. My lawyers are also on it, and uh, they will be communicating further insofar as that regard is concerned. However, I'm here, I have a lot of work. Uh, As you know that uh, this was a a, a rude interruption uh, into my work. Uh, I was due to form and announce my cabinet so that we can turn the awful situation of the city around. But uh, because of these events, uh, we find ourselves where we are now. However, uh, my desk is full with uh, all those matters that I have to attend to, including announcing my cabinet, which I'll be doing very soon. So I'll be going back to fulfill uh, that work because I think uh, the citizens, uh, uh, residents of Tswane, uh, are awaiting a whole lot of service delivery items, uh, including um, uh, water provision, uh, including uh, electricity removal of uh, uh, waste uh, in their yards, uh, and other billing complaints uh, that they have. But most importantly, we also have a a whole lot of outstanding matters, as you might be aware, that, uh, uh, you know, without government uh, or following the resignation of the erstwhile mayor, uh, Alderman Randall Williams, uh, the city was due to to table uh, uh, the budget adjustment uh, together with also the retabling of the annual report. And also you are aware of the the AG report that we need to also address as soon as possible. So it's a whole lot of issues that are before me that I need to handle. So I believe that takes a priority. These other things uh, that and the narrative that is peddled 
by one political party. Uh, I think it's quite unfortunate, but I think uh, uh, we just need to follow the rules. It's always safe to play by the rules. Uh, the courts are there to test these things, and I think we encourage, in particular, the city manager to also test these things properly so that we, we don't just come up with knee-jerk uh, reaction and also subject me into a media court. Uh, I think it, it's a bit unfair. So, and Dr. Murunwa Makwarela speaking on ENCA earlier today, saying that his certificate is above board. We mustn't be subjecting him to the media court. Well, we now have a statement from the Office of the Chief Justice on this. Dr. Cornel Mulder is the FF Plus Chief Whip in the National Assembly, also the spokesperson for the coalition in Swane. Dr. Mulder, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Well, we now have a statement from the Office of the Chief Justice, from the Registrar in the Gauteng Division Pretoria, saying that this certificate, was not issued by that court. What are your thoughts on the legitimacy of the certificate? Well, I think I was not aware of that statement, but that statement says exactly what I was worried about. It became very clear to me when I saw this alleged court uh, certificate or this court order that there's something wrong, that this can't be correct. This is not how a court order looks in terms of our high court. So Dr. Macarella thought it was a good idea to give that court order to the municipal manager and to indicate to the municipal manager that this is now the pool that he's been rehabilitated. Um, it immediately let all the alarm bells go off. And I'm very happy to hear that the registrar has now said that because that's the one way in terms of the process to get clarity in terms of the validity of such a court order is basically to um, ask the registrar's office whether they've issued that statement or that order or not. And now if they say they haven't done so, well, then we know what we are dealing with here. It seems like a, a, a fraudulent court order produced somewhere, I don't know. But if that's the case, then we have a serious, serious problem, and Dr. Mucarella will have to explain. Where does this now leave the integrity of the office of the mayor of, of Twane? If indeed the certificate is fake, if it was uh, made in Photoshop somewhere on an internet cafe in Sunnyside or whatever yeah. it was, um, you know, what does that mean for the integrity of this office? Well, the, the office as such, I would like to draw a distinction between the office itself and the, the, uh, uh, the people working in that office and the incumbent of that office. It won't have any effect on the office as such. We, we respect the office of the uh, executive mayor of the capital city of Tuane, and where the incumbent is, we will respect. But of this specific individual who had an opportunity to prove that he's not insolvent, that to prove that he's rehabilitated, and it's correct that he then brought a fraudulent certificate for himself. It's got huge, huge implications. And obviously, we are dealing then with fraud, defeating the ends of justice. Criminal charges will then most likely be be laid as soon as possible. Dr. Cornel Mulder, thank you for your time. FF Plus Chief Whip in the National Assembly, also the spokesperson for the coalition in the city of Twane. Let's get some more analysis on this now with Lucanio Vanka, political analyst. Lucanio, good afternoon to you. If indeed, Lucanio, the certificate is fake and the mayor of Twani presented a fake certificate, does this speak to just the the quality of politicians in this country, the fact that they are willing to do this? And, 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 and the proviso here is a caveat saying if indeed it is fake. Uh, good afternoon, Mandy. Yes, uh, this would call for us to, to speculate um, on, on what the facts are and then pass a judgment based on that uh, speculation. But indeed, if this is the case, then it calls a lot into question about the integrity of uh, Dr. Maguarelela, and also um, it calls into question many other uh, 
um, you know, sort of qualifications that he's presented. So, and, and, and unfortunately, I wouldn't want us to speculate in that end because this is what has gotten us into this problem uh, because due process was not followed by um, the municipal manager there. Because the municipal manager, when you, you receive the initial complaint against the mayor, should have taken this matter into a process, a due process of investigation so that all the facts can be established. Now why is this halabaloo because due process was not followed to establish what the facts are so that we could all speak intelligently on this issue and the city uh, of Tswane could also be protected in terms of its brand and reputation. So going forward now, uh, how does the city move forward? How does the coalition, uh, the loose coalition between the ANC, the EFF and COPE now, because of course Dr. Makwarela got into power because of the situation, how, how do they move forward from here? I think due process, this matter needs to be given at least 14 to 21 days because it seems like there's a lot of facts that need to be established and as to what is the real position. So I think the, the, the municipal manager needs to refer this matter to the legal department. The legal department needs to conduct a thorough investigation and verification of all the information that has been provided to it by the complainant as well as by Dr. Makwarele himself. And then can, they can come to a, a, a determination that is based on facts after a due process has been followed. But I don't think anyone should be making any sudden move at the moment, either to suspend or remove the mayor. I think due process must be followed, and then we can make a determination based on the facts that will emerge from that process. Lukanyo, thank you very much. Lukanyo Vankra, political analyst, speaking to us there. And this is important, right? I'm not saying the certificate is fake. We need to make sure that we understand with due process that there is a proper investigation here, that we know all of the facts about exactly what has happened. That's what the mayor is saying himself, that we shouldn't have knee-jerk reactions. Uh, but I do want to just remind you of what the statement says from the chief registrar in the Gauteng Division in Pretoria, which has just dropped in Clement Maniatella's inbox and it says that I, the Chief Registrar, confirm the document purporting to be an order issued by this court was never issued in our court. I also confirm that no rehabilitation order has ever been issued regarding the parties named in the said document and the matter is now being referred to the Hawks uh, for the institution of criminal proceedings. So that's what we know at this point. The Midday Report. Well, let's get an update now on the situation with the Nahau strike and the impact that it is having on various facilities across the country. The Health Minister, Joe Parkler, saying that police have simply just not done enough, that they've stood by as damage has been inflicted by striking workers. The Western Cape government has also condemned the ongoing wage strike by Nahau, uh, that strike, of course, leading to lots of disruptions. As it stands, Nahau has rejected the government's 4.7% wage increase. They are demanding a 10% wage hike. Dr. Norma French Mbombo is the MEC for Health in the Western Cape. Dr. Mbombo, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for making time to speak to us in the Midday Report today. Uh, firstly, what has the impact been like on your facilities in the Western Cape? Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, just now, I'm just coming from Kailicha Hospital uh, to assess the situation which is one that was highly um, affected uh, in the last two days. But yesterday it was calm, and today uh, it's only the few admin support staff uh, that are still outside, but almost all the health professionals uh, are are back to work. And also the other areas that were affected is uh, is a community health center and Kylich and some few in Mitchell's Place. 
Uh, but generally, um, for us, it hasn't been much of impact uh, except to these areas that I've mentioned. And the majority of the people who are um, actually on protest are mostly admin staff, which uh, in the last two days, uh, I mean, uh, two days ago, uh, they were preventing other staff members uh, to come in. The reason that I also went to Kailicha is because we, we, we have emergency uh, we have also psychiatry patients in high numbers, meaning that if now staff ended up being uh, probably there to come in, it does have a huge impact, not only on those who are still coming in, but those who are already inside. So I'm very happy, and uh, I want to applaud those staff who chose uh, not to participate, but it doesn't mean that they don't uh, require the recognition in regard to the remuneration and the wage increase that is being fought mm. by the union. Uh, we still don't have an agreement between Nahau and other public sector uh, wage uh, unions as well and government. What plans are in place uh, with your facilities in the event that we do see an escalation of the strike? Um, as you are aware, that this is a, a national strike uh, as part of the National Bargaining Council uh, with the national government and the unions. Provinces, uh, as you might be aware, that they don't even participate, and yet the provinces are the ones who are implementing, uh, have to implement the wage increase, who also own the staff, who also own the health facilities. So we ended up having to mop the floor on the agreements or on the negotiations that are happening out there without us being involved as the employers. So what happens is about we try to make as much as we can under the circumstances. Whilst we support in principle that people should and could protest as according to the law, but they shouldn't infringe on the other people's rights in terms of coming to work. Some mm. stuff actually on that day, it was 24 hours. You can imagine in a 54-bed ward, in a psychiatry ward, for example, uh, where that one person has to keep the, uh, uh, the fort, I mean, the fort going when that other is supposed to relieve him or her hasn't been able to work. In the emergency, I hear that one doctor had to actually beg the protesters in the, uh, on that day uh, when there was an emergency of a patient that needed to be transferred sure. to the higher level hospital, but they didn't want the ambulance to go out. Has to go out and beg that this child will die mm. if nothing happens. Dr. Norma French and Bombo, MEC for Health in the Western Cape. Thank you very much for speaking to us about the ongoing Nahau strike and the, and the impact and what's being done in facilities in the Western Cape. Foster Mohale is the Department of Health spokesperson. Foster, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time today. The health minister saying that police have simply not done enough, that they have stood by as damage has been inflicted. What is the sentiment of the minister here? Uh, good afternoon to you, Mandy, and good afternoon to uh, to listeners, and thanks for this opportunity once more. Yes, um, the Minister of Health did raise the issue about uh, the presence and the assistance uh, provided ex- expectations of police uh, in order to ensure that it's uh, calm uh, and, uh, uh, and safety of our people at the facilities. But also there was a misunderstanding or misinterpretation of uh, the court order by uh, our colleagues uh, in staffs. That's why there was uh, that's, uh, reluctance uh, in some areas for police uh, to uh, to ensure that they 
they prevent the striking workers from uh, interfering, intimidating and threatening those who wanted to work. So hence uh, the National Department of Health has advised the provincial health departments that uh, when you go and uh, apply the court order, they must cite, they must, the, 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 the court or the judge must cite that the police are ordered and authorized and directed to remove and expel the property uh, or premises anyone from the property or premises who is uh, causing any havoc in our facilities. Uh, Foster, very quickly, what is the situation at the facilities? Are there any that are being disrupted currently? Currently, we are getting the reports uh, across the country, across uh, all the hospitals, uh, as the NEC of Health has just uh, indicated that uh, she has visited some of the facilities in the province. Uh, the, same, uh, the same applies to other NECs and, uh, and the ministers. So today, the situation is much calmer in most of uh, the hotspots, uh, the hospitals that were badly affected uh, in the past uh, two days. Uh, only some uh, sporadic uh, cases in some uh, uh, clinics and, uh, and other areas, but they do, uh, they're still there, they're marching, they're protesting, but there's no any form of violence after most of the, our provinces have mm. uh, secured the court order. Foster, thank you very much. Foster Mohal is the Department of Health spokesperson speaking to us there about what the minister has said about the lack of a response from the police, but also an update on the various facilities. Well, let's have a look at the picture on the ground. EWN reporter Alpha Ramashwana has been at the Chris Hani Baraguana Hospital in Soweto. Alpha, good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us today. You've been speaking to security guards at Barra. What have they been saying to you? Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, we started off the day at the Krishani Paraguana Hospital where the protest is starting to die down a little bit now. It's only a small group of Nihau uh, workers uh, or members who are protesting at the gate of the Krishani Paraguana Hospital, Mandy. And of course, this is after a day, this is a day after the shooting incident that happened yesterday where police shot rubber bullets at, 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 at um, the protesters. So we got to speak to um, one of the security guards who was protesting yesterday and who was shot by police, allegedly by police, uh, he was shot twice. He even showed us, um, you know, the, the bullet wounds. And it's pretty bad at this moment, man. He's explaining to us that he was bleeding the whole night, even though he received some medical uh, care yesterday. Right now, Mandy, we just took a drive to his home in Protea Clan. And as we drive into his yard, on his washing line is a white Nehau shirt. And all we could see is blood painted on the shirt, Mandy. Uh, it, 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 it's that bad. Um, he, he's saying that his family is also traumatized about what happened yesterday. When, when were you discharged? Yeah, I was discharged yesterday. I think it was something past four to five. And where, where were you shot? Where on your body were you, were you shot? I was shot first, 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 first I was shot here at the back with, with ions. And then last day I was shot here at, uh, at the right, at the right palm, but on top of the palm here. So there's a big hole there. I don't know what kind of, what, what caliber of the, of the, of the, of the, of the, of, of the bullet or the, 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 the thing that shot me here because there's a big hole there. And what did the nurses say about your 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 um, condition or your injuries? No, they just said uh, the doctor who was inspecting me. It, it took me to to scan. Then the scan 
came when the scan came they said there's there's nothing that is serious about about that but I, I, since from there I was bleeding the whole night till today I was bleeding I went to the clinic the clinic when they saw me they said to me no this thing I must I must I must go back to 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 to, to Barat because this hole is too big and there's something there inside inside the inside the hole. Hmm. Sure. So uh, when you hear that kind of description, Alpha, it really does paint a picture of, of what's been happening. What is your sense of going to the different facilities that you've visited and the extent of the disruptions currently? Well, today is the fifth day of the Nihau protest and it's died down a little bit. I mean, we do know that over the past week, counting hospitals in the province were the ones that were mostly affected or worst affected by the Nahau protest. By, but today, uh, the protest has died down. The protesters are not denying access to the hospital, are not denying the patients access to the hospital. I think on Wednesday, I covered Charlotte Magdalene, a hospital where uh, not even the nurses, the doctors were allowed onto the hospital at some point. But right about now, Mandy, after visiting all those hospitals uh, this morning, uh, everything has died down. It's only a small group of right. protesters or workers at each hospital that are still protesting. Alpha, thank you very much. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter. He's uh, been visiting Chris Harney, Baragwanath Hospital, other facilities as well, and bringing us some audio there. Hey, the irony. You protest, you bleed, and you need help from the people that you're actually blocking as well. The Midday Report. Mandy, uh, regarding Mr. Macquarella, the only person that I feel sorry for in all of this is Mrs. Macquarella because she doesn't know whether to order new curtains or not. Should I? Should I not? Are you a mayor? Are you not a mayor? Are you getting the packs? Are you not getting the packs? What's going on? Happy Friday, Mandy. Cheers. Bye. Good day, Mandy. Norman and Pretoria. I just want to comment about uh, this uh, fake uh, or a bogus certificate by uh, the so-called mayor, uh, Dr. Macquarella. I think that uh, this thing is, uh, from the looks of it, from what I've seen on Twitter and what uh, also your colleague tweeted uh, this morning, Clement, when I looked at it, I think it's not genuine. Even the heading of it uh, seems to be questioned. And also the fact that uh, on the 7th of uh, February 2020, 18, the so-called uh, judge who presided of, over this matter was not even uh, on the court roll. So there's a lot of questions on that matter. Thank you so much. Hi, Mandy. If this is true, then we are seriously in trouble. Then it means there's only wolves outside waiting to come in. Can you imagine this man five years later as a mayor of any city? Can you imagine how he such an individual would bleed the finances. We're in trouble here. Okay, so let me, let me give you an update on what's happened. So at about quarter past 12, Dr. Murunwa Makwarela tweeted uh, four pictures of himself uh, sitting at his office behind his laptop working, answering questions to the media, showing somebody something on his laptop, and he says... I remain focused on my work, serving 20 residents. I will not be distracted by the noise and unfounded allegations. Well, people, he has now deleted that tweet uh, since uh, Clement tweeted that statement that he received from the Office of the Chief Justice from the Registrar saying that there's no record uh, of this certificate and the certificate was never issued by the court. The multi-party coalition has also issued a statement. They are saying that they're opening criminal charges. So there's now a criminal investigation into what is going on. 
So can you believe this? I mean, is it possible that it is indeed fake? Well, for me, it's really interesting, right? Because Dr. Makurela actually has a doctorate. He has a uh, he has a doctorate from the University of the Vedatusrand. He received his doctorate uh, from Wits in 2006. While he was doing his doctorate, he did his research at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Institute in Missouri. In case you're wondering, it is in g- genetic engineering. And I know this because he actually told us on air the other day that he has a doctorate in genetic engineering, and I wasn't sure if that was really relevant. But as it stands at the moment, it seems like this certificate that has been furnished is very likely fake and there is now going to be a criminal investigation. Is it possible that we have a situation where the mayor of Tuane managed to furnish this fraudulent document that could have been cooked up on Photoshop in a internet cafe in Sunnyside? We just don't know at this stage. But it really makes us question the credibility and the quality of the politicians in this country. The Midday Report. We have uh, been giving a lot of attention to the situation at WITS and what's been happening there this week. But let's take a look now at the situation at UCT in Cape Town because the students at UCT and the council are still in disagreement over fee blocks. At least 7,000 students could be affected by this. The the university confirming that it had just under 30,000 students registered for this year. Uh, There was a, a, um, the the in-person teaching was moved online and then in-person teaching resumed at UCT last month uh, after the uh, the university secured an interim interdict. Uh, but the students uh, want solutions to fee blocks and accommodation issues as well. So there have been protests there. UCT spokesperson Elijah Mokholola explains. The University of Cape Town confirms that a group of protesters engaged in disruptive protest action outside Tagwell residence on Lower Campus on Thursday evening. In terms of the interim interdict granted by the Western Cape High Court on 17 February, these disruptive acts are unlawful. Accordingly, the SAPS and the Public Order Policing Unit were called onto campus to intervene. The UCT executive reiterates that it upholds the right to legitimate protest but will act against any unlawful activities. The executive further remains committed to a process of engagement over any issues that may have to be raised. UCT has already lifted the fee block threshold from 1,000 to 10,000, which has allowed just over 3,400 students to register. A further proposal put forward from the UCT executive to manage the fee blocks would have resulted in more students benefiting and being able to register. Elijah Mokholola, who is the UCT spokesperson there, explaining uh, the situation with uh, the fee blocks and the protest as well. Ntutuzelo Nene, EWN reporter, has been following this story for us. Ntutuzelo, uh, what is the, the situation at UCT and what are the students saying? Um, good afternoon, Mandy. So when I arrived earlier at UCT, um, I saw hundreds of students holding a peaceful gathering in one of the institution's law faculty buildings, somewhere inside being addressed by student leaders, and some were standing outside because it was a small venue. And a few moments later, police emerged with shields and ordered the students to move from the area. And now when students refused, saying they were holding a peaceful gathering, police started pushing, then a scuffle broke out 
and I was also in that melee when that was happening. A stun grenade was also fired and with students intensifying their call for the institutions to lift the flip, the fee blocks for those with debt and UCT management, as we heard Elijah saying that this amount has almost doubled fourfold with some students not making a single payment. But despite being chased away, the protesting students were telling us that they are not going anywhere. So uh, what is the current situation then? Did the police get the, the, the protest under control? Um, in, 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 in parts, uh, but the students, when I left UCT, the students were still standing around and we got reports, unconfirmed reports that two students were arrested during that scuffle there. Um, but we still have to confirm that with the police, but, um, the, the, the police were still there, um, you know, uh, checking out the situation and students were still singing on campus, but, um, you know, no violence, no disruptions. Other students were walking around, going to classes and everything. Everything. So, um, in a way, the 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 protest is peaceful, um, and um, yeah, the police are there just to monitor the situation. And Tutuzelo, thank you very much. And Tutuzelo Nene, EWN reporter, who was at UCT earlier today, uh, describing how he was in that melee when uh, the, I think a stu- he said a stun grenade went off there, uh, protests happening as well. And you heard there from UCT and what they're saying about the fee blocks too. The Midday Report. A terrible story out of Kreivagen Park in Ekuruleni. Four contract electricians were murdered there after they were attacked by the community that they were actually going to help. So um, members of the community said that there'd been no electricity. Uh, contractors were sent out by the municipality. Um, contractors of BMLL, a cable repairs subcontractor in Germiston. And then when they arrived, they were attacked by the community because they thought, my understanding of of it was that they were copper thieves. Just just a terrible, terrible sequence of events. Zueli Dlamini is the spokesperson for the city of Ekuruleni. Zueli, good afternoon to you. Have you been able to establish what exactly happened here? Uh, uh, thanks for the opportunity, Mendy. I think the, the information, as you have articulated it, the information that we have is that they were mistaken for cable thieves. Uh, unfortunately, they were beaten to death, and uh, yeah, we're still really in shock. And we hope that the investigation by both the metropolis and the police will assist us in actually getting to the bottom of what really transpired there. Uh, at this stage, obviously, the metro police, the police will be investigating as well. Are, are you aware if there have been any developments there, or um, what is happening with that investigation? Um, yeah, the police have already started with the investigation. Uh, as I'm talking to you now, they are busy on the ground trying to comb the scene and find more information that can assist them with their work. We we are expecting to get some kind of feedback by end of business today, especially from the Metropolis who are on the ground and our energy department. And the, the situation on the ground is also being monitored. It remains tense, but there is a, a huge police visibility just to make sure that things don't get out of hand as we move along. Uh, obviously, you know, this, this has knock-on effects, uh, obviously for the families involved, but also on the ability of the municipality, for, of the council to send out technicians to fix problems. What, what is the, the knock-on effect of this? The, the huge knock-on effect is that uh, our workers, like uh, indicated, uh, indicated that they are not willing to put their lives in danger, which is un- understandable. When a situation is volatile, they are now hesitant to respond. 
So it will affect the turnaround time, not only in this particular area, but throughout uh, the region until their safety can be guaranteed, which is a very difficult or important task. There is also the situation of uh, people generally. There are people who live or rely on electricity for survival who will now have to suffer the consequences of what has happened because if, if there is no power, how do you then get your oxygen, oxygen pumping? because uh, you rely on electricity for that particular kind of uh, assistance. Um, so there's also the issue of the economy. When the power is off, uh, you face with a situation where things in the shops go off and all those things. So it's a, it's an issue, it's a, it's a very bad situation that we do not want to see uh, as a city, but unfortunately we find ourselves here now. But we are mm. engaging the community there to see how, uh, how best we can resolve the matter and they also engage our teams to see if they are right. more than willing to go back and uh, restore the power there. Sweeney, thank you very much. Sweeney Dlamini, spokesperson for the city of Ekuruleni. Terrible story there. Four contract electric- electricians murdered by the community who thought they were cable thieves. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.